Hey, hello, everybody. This is the PlayStation Report. I'm Frank, and with me this week is Tyler. Um, Tyler, it's, it's it. I'm not. I'm, it's kind of hard to sugarcoat it. It's it's been a fucking shit week. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. It's um. For those who don't know, we're we're. We're we're in America over here, and uh, for some reason we've decided to hand the power of you know just unilaterally like changing the fucking laws to a group of assholes, fucking power tripping tyrants uh, who aren't elected by anyone. Um, we we've handed them that kind of fucking power, and it turns out that uh, they just don't. They're just uh, they don't care about anyone. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's two things this week. I mean, the the big, the obvious one, the Roe versus Wade decision, like, the, that's fucking disgusting. Like, there was another decision even earlier in the week where, like, they they made it so, hey, uh, conceal and carry is going to be a lot, more, lot easier for everybody now. Uh, mm-hmm. Everyone gets a gun, um, which... You know, uh, I guess this is a this is a long way to say that uh, hey, pro life is a lie. Anyone who says they're pro life is a fucking liar. Um, they aren't pro life. They they want to force women to give birth, whether or not they want to, or whether or not they're it is health it is safe and healthy for them to do so. Um, they they don't want to. Uh, <laughs> you know, do anything beyond that to make sure, hey, is the child even going to survive? They don't give a fuck about that. Is the child going to get shot in a school? No. Is is there going to be any assurances that the, the parents will be able to take care of the child? Will there be any kind of, like, significant uh, benefits like that will be guaranteed to new parents? Or No, there is none of that. None of that's even being discussed. Um... And they want to say they're fucking pro-life because, hey, uh, they, they think uh, someone who is two weeks late on their period should have to, can't, can't get an abortion because uh, allegedly that, that, that little fucking clump of cells that's in there is apparently life to them. But, you know, all the fucking kids who get shot every fucking year don't count. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree. It's it's really frustrating to uh, have essentially the, the vote was I think five four Roe versus Wade, um, and to have five people force their beliefs upon millions and take rights away from them. There's something incredibly fucked up about that to me. Yeah, and, and you know, four of them lying under oath saying they wouldn't have made this decision. Yeah. Like, in their confirmation hearings. Like, it's... Like, and, like, I want to say five of the justices that are appointed right now were appointed by presidents who lost the popular vote. Yep. It's not, yep. like, the Supreme Court is not a constitutionally guaranteed institution. Like, it was never meant to have this this kind of power, whatever you think of the Constitution. And I don't think very highly of it, but, like, there is no, like... The Supreme Court is not the law of the land. Like, it, I, like, it shouldn't be. 
but that that's just the power that they've decided that Congress has decided to give them over the years. It's it's just awful. It's just yeah. fucking awful. It is. It is. And like, what's even worse? And like, don't get me wrong. I'm absolutely like. Don't fucking twist my words. I'm not a Republican, but what fucking pisses me off is the Democrats capitalizing on this. Like, they they had every opportunity to try to push abortion rights as a guaranteed right as an amendment. They've had every fucking opportunity for like, like they had it through the Obama years. They've they've had the majority during Biden's term so far. They've had opportunities, and now they want to wield it as a bludgeon and as a fundraising uh, kind of point to, like, not even fucking hours after the decision, they were sending out fundraising emails to get you to go fucking vote. Like, what the fuck is voting going to do? We keep fucking voting, and it doesn't fucking get any better. No. (laughs) Yeah, we end up just going backwards 50 years. It's awful. Like, I, yeah, it's incredibly frustrating. And I, like, don't take this as, as inciting violence, but, like, I struggle to find a peaceful solution to actually get anything done, especially with people up at the top who are only interested in preserving their own power and preserving the status quo. It's, like, it is difficult to imagine anything short of violence working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, things don't necessarily change and when they do it seems like they change for the wrong reasons and in the wrong way. Yeah, I mean and it's what, uh, what, it's frustrating. What we have here is a Democratic Party who like is so caught up on this whole idea of decorum and doing things the right way while the Republicans are just going to keep pushing and doing whatever it takes to get what they want. And yeah. like you're going to fucking lose. You keep fucking losing and you never learn. Like, that that is what the Democrats have been doing for, like, decades. They just keep fucking trying to do things what they think is the right way and trusting, like, trying to do things by the process and by the rules while the Republicans don't give a fuck about the rules and they just fucking... They get... They... Like, you don't have to hand it to them, but they get they get what they want done that done um and it's not a good thing that they can (laughs) that they do those things but they are effective in being evil assholes while the democrats are like completely they they seem apathetic until they want your vote right yeah so yeah Yeah, it's 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 also equally frustrating because the you know, I feel like the majority want abortion to be a, a thing uh, and to be legal and in the country. But yet, yeah, just a, such a small minority of like Bible thumpers just feel the need to push everything on everybody. It's frustrating as hell. And yeah, the, the whole pro-life argument is just awful. It makes no sense. It, it's an absolute. It's a lie. It's a lie that covers it their is. asses. Yeah. Yeah, because you can poke in poke holes in it in so many ways. Yeah. <sighs> All right. 
let's let's try to do a podcast today. <laughs> yeah. Um, a podcast <laughs> about video games. Um, I mean, I haven't, like, with the world being as dark as it is, I've kind of just sunk back into Final Fantasy XIV, and I kind of just live there now. <laughs> I kind of just fucking live there, because it's nice. The people are... The people are decent. Like the general population in uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, they're good people. <laughs> right. So, ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's pretty what's, much what I've been doing. What's new in Final Fantasy fourteen world? What you've um, been up to in there? I mean, not much. I've been I've been le- like I've I've just been doing a lot of leveling for jobs that I haven't used. Um, and yeah, that that's pretty much all I've been doing. Uh, I'm looking forward to new stuff, but like new stuff isn't really forthcoming. Um, there is an update coming up. I guess I can just get right into that real quick. There's going to be a 6.18 update July 5th, which is going to add uh, data center travel. So you could right now there are three data centers in North America. Um, and you can play on any of the worlds within your data center, but with this update, you can travel to all the North American data centers and worlds. Hmm. Um, it's going to be limited uh, to the region, so North America will be able to travel within theirs. Then uh, Europe and uh, Asia will have their own separate little pools there where they can travel throughout. Ah, cool. Well, yes, yeah. that seems nice. Yeah, I mean it's nice. I mean, yeah, it, it's a it's a nice feature. It isn't like it isn't really new content for me to play though. So like, right. I'm just gonna keep grinding. Just just gonna keep grinding. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, what are you up to? Oh man, uh, a few things. Um, finished Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. Um, which was fun. In most Pokemon games, pretty much all of them, I feel, are very easy. Uh, this one is no exception until I got to the very last Elite Four boss, uh, and I legitimately lost. I kind of made some boneheaded decisions, but uh, kind of just brought me back to the old days growing up playing Pokemon where you would like save constantly, like you would beat a trainer or beat, like, someone in Elite Four, heal all your Pokemon, and then save before the next one, just in case you lost, or, or save right before that legendary that you're about to go fight, um, you know, in case you accidentally, like, defeated or something. Um, so it brought me back to those days, but ended up getting through it on a second try. Much better strategy. But that was, that was kind of fun. It kind of makes me wish, like, yeah, I wish these games were a little bit more challenging. It's actually kind of fun. It makes you think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, finished that. That was a good time. And then I have finished all of the prequel movies in Lego Star Wars the Skywalker Saga. Um, uh, episode 3 was really fun. I felt felt like they did the levels pretty well there. Uh, episode 2 was just kind of boring and kind of goes with the movie, if you ask me. Um, but, yeah, enjoying that game. There's not... Not too much to say there, just enjoying trucking along. I mean, honestly, you can probably get through an episode. it probably take two hours to get through it. If you're just going from point to point to point and not doing too much exploration in, in the open areas or 
within the levels themselves. Because, um, like I said before, like there's so much that's kind of locked off to you until you pretty much complete the level and you can come back with free play and new characters and all that stuff. But um, it is really cool. Some of these... So there's actual like dedicated levels, like in past LEGO Star Wars games, but then there's kind of open areas, which the LEGO games have been moving towards, and there's a lot of stuff to explore in those areas, and that kind of leads you from level to level, and uh, it is really cool, honestly, in some of these uh, spaces to just explore Coruscant, or uh, uh, Naboo, you know, places like that, and just really explore it. They did a really good job with detail in the levels and stuff, and Honestly, way bigger than it probably should be, but uh, I think they did a pretty good job with it. So, enjoying that game. And then, last thing I've done, I started Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Mm. Mm. And probably have put, I don't know, seven or eight hours into it over the past week. Um, I am very much enjoying this game. Um, It is... If you played Borderlands 2 and played the Tiny Tina's DLC, which I think they've spun off and made it its own thing too recently with PS Plus, um, it's basically that, but it's a full game, and you can, you know, you're making a character and, and all sorts of stuff. Uh, oh, the so classes cre- for for the first time in Borderlands history, you're creating your character. Yes, and and the character creation is actually pretty good. It, there's a lot of really cool stuff you can do to like make your character look certain ways but then the classes i found to be kind of uh, interesting it was kind of tough to choose uh, which one i want to do i ended up going with the uh, i think it's like the claw breaker or something basically i have a wyvern that uh, flies around with me and shoots fire out and all sorts of stuff but then also i have a big ass fucking hammer as my special ability that i can do certain things with Think, uh, like, Reinhardt in Overwatch with how you can kind of swing it around, do a lot of big damage, and, man, does it hit hard. Uh, it's it's really cool. But then it goes even deeper of you get to choose uh, kind of a backstory for your character that gives you uh, buffs and debuffs, basically. Uh, almost like a, like a CRPG, in a way. So you get to choose that stuff, and then you they give you 10 points, uh, as well, that you can dump into a bunch of different skill categories, um, like strength, uh, constitution, all that stuff, um, and and kind of really build your character out that way. So, like, right from the get-go, I'm like, this is almost just way more interesting than any Borderlands game so far because of how interesting classes are and just overall all these different things you can dump into different skills. Um so really, really enjoyed that. And then uh, there's actually, it's really light, but there's armor in this game. Uh, but it's more just like chest plates, basically. You can't go super crazy with it, but it's at least something. Um, and yeah, then then it kind of is very much Borderlands gameplay. Like you're, you're shooting guns, you're getting loot, um, you're getting... Uh, different spells in this game which i find the spells actually really cool um and and there's character classes that are focused like specifically on spells if you want to really buff your character out that way um and build it out 
to be just totally crazy with spells, you can do that. Um, but even my character, where spells isn't a strong suit, it's still really fun to use because there's like dark magic in the game that uh, I, I've kind of had this almost it's almost like a little wand, and I can wind up these three different uh, attacks with it, and then shoot them all out at once, and it just kind of lock on to different targets and uh, do do a bunch of damage that way. I've gotten this ice spell that just and it's really good at a distance you can kind of just aim where you want hit the button and drops this massive like glacier basically down on all these enemies and stuff so uh the spells have been a lot of fun um and yeah it's just been fun doing a lot of quests a lot of side quests um the art style i feel like even borderlands 3 like the art style and art direction everything is was good but you can tell they're way more creative with this game, um, just having more creative freedom, honestly. Um, so I've really just been in, enjoying kind of being in this world uh, more. I will admit, like, the dialogue and the writing, I just kind of zone out with a lot of it because it's basically set up where it's Tiny Tina and her friends playing Dungeons and Dragons. So it's a lot of Tiny Tina. Like, a lot. <laughs> and I just kind of, like, zone out when they're just dumping all this, like, lore and story at you. And I just don't find it overly interesting. It's not awful and it's not overly cringy like Borderlands 3 was. But, man, is, is it a lot. Um, and, yeah. But there are goofy moments, like, kind of... I'm, I'm still somewhat early on in the game, uh, main story quest wise and I had to go find a bard and that bard ended up being Mr. Torg if you remember Mr. Torg from Borderlands 2 and uh, yeah. is he obnoxious sure but is that kind of funny because you're in this fantasy world yeah I find I, I, I at least kind of find it just overly stupid um, so yeah I'm, I'm enjoying this game and, and two this game runs so much better than Borderlands 3 did when it came out. Like, that game, you just felt like when, when a lot of action was going on, there's a lot of particle effects, all sorts of stuff, you, you're just like, wow, this game is just on a knife's edge, and it's going to crash at any moment, and it did several times for me. This game's just been buttery smooth so far on PS5, so that's at least another bonus. I'm really enjoying myself. It's a, it's a nice kind of zone out, listen to podcast or something like that uh, sort of game. Yeah. So. Cool, cool. Yeah. Alrighty. That's, that's all I got. Okay, well, then I guess we can uh, hop into a little... So, some news here. Um, you put in some Final Fantasy 16 uh, details. It's not going to be open world. Yeah. Um I mean, yeah. I mean, that that's okay. I don't need every game to be a fucking open world game. <laughs> no. They said that they're taking inspiration from AAA open world RPGs, but they didn't really say what that is, but they decided to go more of a multiple like open spaces. Well, like a Borderlands game. Mm-hmm. Um you could say. And and I'm totally fine with that. Uh I think that's a that's a fine approach to me because 
I think about Final Fantasy fifteen, and I felt like the open world there just didn't 100% work, and it just felt a little empty at times, and why force it, honestly? Like, if you can just create these open spaces that are really cool, lots of cool things to get into, you know, that, that seems like a better approach to me. Yeah. Uh, alongside that, uh, the Yoshida has, uh, you know, um, come out and talked about, like, talked about Final Fantasy 16 as it, it being very separate from 14, like, he, he wanted to stress that it is not going to be a Final Fantasy theme park, it's going to have its own, like, its own focus, its own story, like, it, like, it's... Final Fantasy 16, it's it's going to be its own thing, man. It like I know a lot of other Final Fantasy games have callbacks to other games. Um but yeah, I mean it it's good to get out ahead of this because it's easy to draw the line between hey, uh the guy who was in charge of Final Fantasy 14 is doing 16. I wonder how much crossover there is going to be there. No. There it's 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 not going to be that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there, there are some details out there. I don't want to read too much about Final Fantasy 16 before it comes out. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, actually the, the, I'm actually a little offended you put that in the news. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. There, there's only two things I want to point out in this. Um, one is that um, you're only going to be controlling the main character Clive throughout the game. You're going to have AI companions in your party and everything, but you are solely going to control the main character Clive um, which is fine to me uh, I don't I don't need to control everybody uh, as long as the AI is good there um, and then the other thing is the the recent trailer they put out at that state of play had a lot of focus on summons and um, the summons are gonna play like a huge part of this game uh, in in different ways and they said uh Quote, translating traditional summon abilities into player actions and allowing the real-time swapping and chaining of these abilities in battle has allowed us to create a system that not only works great, but feels really good to play. So I'm really I'm really excited about that. That sounds like it's going to add a lot of variety to the to the combat and seems fun to me. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, but overall... Fights. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it like overall though, I, I'm I'm with you. I don't I don't want to know too much more about this game, but those those are overall to me. I, I find them to be positives. Let this be its own thing, for sure. Alrighty, let's uh, do a quick dip back into the uh, hey fuck Bobby Kotick uh, bucket <laughs> here. Um, he's keeping his job. He's keeping his job through next year. Uh, the shareholders voted to keep him. I wonder why. Um, <laughs> the the fake internal investigation we talked about last week. I mean, I guess they're satisfied with that. Um, but honestly, this this thing here about Tony Hawk, I feel is a fireable offense in its own. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Tony Hawk actually came out. Uh, he was on Twitch with somebody talking about uh, the video games. Um, Tony Hawk claims that uh, 
Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 and 4 remakes were in the works, um, but that got shut down after they decided to fold Vicarious Visions into Blizzard to work on Diablo. So, And they didn't find anyone else to, uh, to make those games. So, yeah. Tony Hawk is dead. I mean, the games, not the person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely need to clarify that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. That, that is such a bummer um, overall because when they remade 1 and 2 and they were very good, people seemed to really like them, they sold well from what I can remember. Um, it, it was just like, it's it's going to happen. They're going to remake 3 and 4 and those are very beloved games too. Um in in some of the best um when you see like list of best tony hawk games you know those are really high up so it made sense to do them but then yeah to just shutter the project and fold them into blizzard what a bummer um because that team was uh, vicarious they were doing great work um i think they did crash before that as well like It's just it just sucks to to lose a whole team that was doing really cool work and in bringing back old franchises in fantastic and modern ways and doing them very well. Um, much like say Blue Point has done recently with some of their projects. I mean, it's just overall a bummer and uh, a lot of money to me left on the table there. Um, and it just. It makes Activision such a sterile company. Like, I know they are merged with Blizzard, and there's a lot of money there. And I know Call of Duty is the biggest franchise on the planet. But otherwise, it's just like, you take even just one of those away, and Activision's just, what are they? They have nothing compared to, say, EA or Ubisoft, as much as we can shit on those uh, publishers at times as well. And it's like... Man, it's just it just sucks overall, and it sucks. Bobby's keeping his job. Um, I think the only reason for that is because he makes them a lot of fucking money. People are still making money being shareholders at Activision, and I think the biggest thing to me is is going to be what happens when this Microsoft deal closes, and if they keep him around, man, that's gonna fucking suck. If Microsoft does that. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine he sticks around. I don't think he wants to work for Microsoft. He'll find someone else. He'll yeah. find someone else to, uh, you know, sit at the top of. He w- he wants to be the top dog. Because that's, that's right. just how those kind of people are. Right. Uh. Yeah, bummer. And yeah, apparently they took pitches from other teams. They didn't say, it doesn't say who of, like, uh, pitches on what they would do with Tony Hawk, but they didn't like any of them. It's like, ah, at least okay. If you if they truly need to fold Vicarious into Blizzard, I think they're Blizzard Albany now. Man, yeah. at least just let him finish his project and get it out. It just seems like a smart thing to do. Yeah, well, I mean, they don't it's Activision. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, they they don't yeah. necessarily care about that uh, because Diablo yeah. is the big thing. Diablo is the big thing they're looking forward to now. Yep. Diablo is going to be huge, but I don't know. Does it 
does it really take another team to come out? I, I like yeah. Did they need vi- really vicarious that, over but... there? Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Like that. That's kind of what I'm saying. Like I, I and I, I don't think we'll ever know the answer to that. I, I. It would be very interesting to know. Like why did they need to do that? From a, a business perspective, um, was Diablo really that far behind? Do they have other plans with Diablo to make more games, more uh, games faster, uh, more expansions for Diablo 4? Uh, you know, I guess that'll be, remain to be seen in upcoming years, but yeah. All right, well, let's... Uh... Let's, let's let's look let's look elsewhere here because you know I am a fan of From Software and uh seeing this from uh Hidetaka Miyazaki uh the idea that their next game is almost finished is fucking exciting but like how how did they fucking do this <laughs> yeah um yeah i mean the so I guess they were working on two games alongside, like alongside Sekiro, and one of them was Elden Ring, and the other one has yet to come out or even be announced. Um, but the, he says it's in the final stages of, of development. We don't know much more than that. Um, I mean, I'd say, I'd personally say, hey, it's not Bloodborne Two. I can tell you what it's not. It's not Bloodborne Two. Nope. Um, it's probably not a sequel to Sekiro. I don't think. No. No. Um. I would. Could it be Armored Core? That's probably the best bet, because they've been, there's a lot of rumors about it, and I think, weren't they, like, hiring for it or something? I thought, there was articles that came out about that a few months ago, but I feel like Armored Core probably is the best bet. And what it could be. Yeah, I mean, there's... Or it could just be something entirely new. Like, who yeah. knows? Like, yeah. I mean, I imagine if it's in the final stage of stages of development, we will probably see it at the very least by... Uh, at the Game Awards this year. That's going to be... Jeff Keighley's going to be able to show another fucking... Another... Uh, from software game at a show, uh, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, I mean, it could be something like smaller too. I mean, they did do that uh, PlayStation VR project a few years ago. Darisene, I think it's called. Oh god! Um, if, they, if this is a launch PSVR game, I'm gonna shit <laughs> myself. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? I guess it could be something like that too. But yeah, it seemed. I'm very curious about how many people work at From Software, how many teams they have, because I, I do feel like they they push out a lot of games. Like, if you think even back years ago, I think Dark Souls 2 was in 2014, Bloodborne was in 2015, and then Dark Souls 3 was in 2016. So right there, they're knocking a bunch of games out. And Sekiro was only 2019, then Elden Ring this year. So I feel like... Even as their games grow in scope, they still are cranking a lot of stuff out. Yeah, and that that of course does come at a cost. We we've seen stories in the past about hey, from software's work environment, maybe a bit 
maybe they're putting too much stress on that team. Yeah. Um, right. So, yeah. I I hope whatever it is that, you know, <laughs> they're doing it at a reasonable pace, but that doesn't I don't know. It's kind of kind of hard to think that's happening. Right. Ah. Uh, all right. Gamescom. That's the next big game show. Uh they're coming back to an in-person event this year. Uh but there's going to be a lot of absences, including PlayStation. PlayStation is not going to Gamescom this year. Um, there's, yeah, let me see, who else? Nintendo Take-Two and Activision Blizzard are also not going to be there. Um, it's hard to imagine Microsoft will be there. They don't have anything really coming later this year. Yeah. That they haven't... Yeah, it's like... Yeah, I mean... It's Gamescom, but it it looks like uh, there's going to be a lot less there than there was before the pandemic. And I feel like that it, it overall makes sense because, you know, it, even before the pandemic, when these shows would happen yearly, you would hear of how these teams, you know, it's hard to say we're going to take this vertical slice and work on it for months and, and this is what we're doing for a demo at just E3 and how much time that takes. And it's it's these trade shows, especially in person, of, even though they're coming back, they are less and less important, I feel. Um, and, and I'm going to say that for AAA especially. Um, you know, why why take that time when development's already hard it's already behind people working from home it's just an overall different environment um so it makes sense to me that some of these major publishers platform holders are are skipping uh, gamescom yeah it's a very playstation thing to do also (laughs) they they just don't really show up to these shows right yeah i mean even even what two or three years before the pandemic they they're like we're not going to e3 anymore and they're just really scaled back on a lot of this stuff and they just don't really need it yeah Alrighty. uh let's i guess we could go into the sales uh story um very interesting to see this but uh xbox series x and s has outsold the playstation 5 in Japan, in, yeah. In what what month is this? This is June. Well, okay. So this is this is a very narrow band here. All right. This is from yes. June thirteenth to nineteenth. All right. But yeah, Xbox. They're selling Xboxes in Japan. I guess that's a story. <laughs> <laughs> right. And they're they're basically doubling the sales of PlayStation Five. It's not that it's the Series X and S combined. Like they are, that's doubling. And even just one of them is outselling the the PS Five in Japan. Um, um, and, and yeah, it's it is interesting how Xbox is doing better so far here, and then. Also, I, I imagine a massive part of this is just supply constraints Yeah. for PS5. I mean, it seems like 
Microsoft has figured something out to be able to ship more consoles places than, than Sony has. Yeah, they made their box square. They didn't make it this weird collared vampire. Shape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's not it, but like... <laughs> Do you think the size of the Xbox... I mean, even a Series X is really big, but it's more just tall than than it is like the do you think the size of the console plays into this at all because ps5 is just it's a monster of a system whereas the xboxes are are a lot more sleek and simple especially the series s it's really small you can easily fit it wherever you need to put it in an apartment or something like that yeah i'm not sure that would be it i i think this is purely just a supply and like i don't think I don't think yeah. someone in Japan is looking at these two systems and is like, oh, well, this one's smaller. <laughs> I can fit it yeah. in more places. No, they're going to yeah. be thinking about the games that are on them, and it's actually very surprising that, uh, like, yeah, I mean, it's just very surprising that they're choosing the Xbox. But I guess, I guess Microsoft has done a good job of getting a fair amount of Japanese video games on Game Pass. Yeah. So. Yeah. And in plus, you know, you can um, play those games on the cloud with streaming and everything, which mobile's always been uh, very, very big in Japan. So I imagine that plays into it as well. Yeah. I don't think we'll get to a point ever where the Xbox is the dominant system in Japan, but I think this these are encouraging signs for Microsoft as... Especially the Xbox One generation. They just did not do anything in Japan at all. It was really bad for them. So, definitely trying to turn that ship around. They'll never get Final Fantasy VII, though. (laughs) No. Clearly. I mean, if if the... This sequel's been announced and nothing's been announced for Xbox, no way. I think the only way they might get it is when the whole thing is done you know maybe they maybe xbox gets the whole trilogy but <laughs> until then no yeah for sure all righty uh let's let's see what uh what dice has to say about what they are or are not doing um seems like they're focused on battlefield 2042 they're focused on Battlefield. They yes. aren't making anything else. DICE is a Battlefield-only place now. I don't know if that's a surprise to anyone, <laughs> but DICE is only making Battlefield. Yeah. And then also, I mean, just look at how poorly that second Mirror's Edge game sold a few years ago. Yeah, it's it's not a surprise. And uh, what I find interesting is this quote from um, uh, DICE's vice president. Uh, Quote, We are only focusing on Battlefield 2042. There is no time for anything else, and this is what we want to do. In three years, we want to be the first-person shooter powerhouse that DICE deserves to be, and that is what we're going for. Deserves? I don't know about that. I don't know about saying that. I feel like because, that's something. I, I feel like you kind of have to earn that. I don't think you deserve yes, anything. Anything. Absolutely, because their last few products 
have been awful, especially at launch. You know, let's take Star Wars Battlefront 2. That was a shit show. Yeah, they turned it around, but that wasn't good. Um, Battlefield 5 wasn't very good either. And overall, just a very boring game. And 2042 is has been a disaster since its launch. Deserves to be? I don't know. And then also, in three years? Eh, I don't know about that either. I feel like it's it's going to take a couple of titles for them to to turn it around. And, and they have to be good. Like, they have to go back to the Battlefield 4 days, if you ask me. Um, you know, even, yeah, Battlefield 1 was good, but nowhere near what 4 was. So, yeah. <laughs> no, this is surprising, but I'm not sure about that wording. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not. Here. I'm not sure dice exists in three years. Man, I mean, if they keep launching shitty stuff, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to say because of EA's investment in Frostbite and that being Dice's thing. It's hard to imagine them going away. But man, they keep launching bad products and losing money and all this stuff. Eh. I don't know. Never. It's possible, maybe. Yeah. We've got a few uh, quick hitters here, but uh, first, real quick, um, so, so people have left Sony, uh, Days Gone director included, um, and I don't know why, like, I don't feel obligated to, to talk about this, but they're, they... They've got a new AAA studio that's making blockchain games. Yes, that's why I put this in here because that's why I don't game's... feel like that's why I don't feel <laughs> obligated to talk about it. Yeah, no, I, I I can see that that side of it. So this game's Ashfall. It's an open world game. <laughs> they are saying that this is going to plug into the Hedera network, a blockchain system that will allow players to build, sell, and trade with exclusivity being a focus, basically NFTs. To me, I feel like the NFT market is not doing very hot right now. And you're going to announce a game that's going to focus on NFTs right now that won't be out for years. No. Like, what the fuck are you doing? The That whole aspect of it will not be in this game by the time it launches, I guarantee you that. That's fucking stupid, man. Absolutely stupid. The best way to just turn people off from your game is to announce it and say, we have NFTs. Jesus Christ. But yeah, this this is also a collaboration um, between Michael Mumbauer and John Garden. John Garden, formerly of uh, Sony Bed. Crazy. We can move on now. Yeah, thanks. Jesus Christ. Thanks. <laughs> um, all right. Two last stories here. Overwatch 2, when it releases, it's just going to be your Overwatch client. It's it's replacing yeah. Overwatch. But It makes you wonder why the fuck it's called Overwatch 2. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, like why make... And then I think there was that confusion when they announced Overwatch 2 because they're like, yeah... Uh, it's going to be cross-play with Overwatch and all this stuff, all your 
all your skins, all that stuff will just transfer into Overwatch 2, and it's like, well, then what's the point of making a sequel? It doesn't make any sense. Um, they kind of like they kind of walked backwards into Fortnite's joke, like their mm. joke 2.0, where it's just hey no it's just the new season of Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, this is right. just the new season of Overwatch. <laughs> yeah, and I think it this makes sense, and I hope we never see an Overwatch three because we've seen like there should have never been a Destiny two, but Destiny two is really thriving now that they haven't had to have made a Destiny 3 because they're not under Activision anymore. So hopefully when uh, Microsoft takes them over, you know, hopefully they're smart enough to realize, hey, we shouldn't make an Overwatch 3. And let's just keep, you know, funneling content into this service. But then also, I hope uh, Blizzard just doesn't fucking kill it for casual people um, that likes to play Overwatch. I, I think that's one of the worst parts of where Overwatch ended to me. I loved playing that game, but they totally fucked with the balance so much to focus just on esports and the the super highly competitive play that playing it casually just sucked. And I hope they don't don't they don't kill that with this. Because uh, if they do, I think I think Overwatch will have some serious issues. Uh, all right. Lastly, Plague Tale Requiem. They they've got a release date now. Um, it's going to be October eighteenth. Yes. Uh, you look you looking forward to uh, your rats? I am. I wanna I wanna crawl down with the rats. Mm. Um, get get, get all boy. filthy. Oh yeah, yeah. Gonna grow, gonna grow out of rat tail for this for this game. <laughs> yeah, totally. I want to stick some rats on some bad men. Let them eat them all up. Just gobble them up. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah, cool. I'm really looking forward to this game. It, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be in Game Pass if you have an Xbox but uh, or PC as well. But um, yeah, overall, looking forward to that first game. It was excellent. This game seems like it's expanding in some really fun ways, so... Yeah. Yes. And uh, that's pretty much all the news we've got. I think I hit everything here. Um, so yeah. yeah. What'd you uh, What'd you think of that Canadian Grand Prix last weekend? It was fun. It was more interesting was. than I thought it would be. I thought Max would just <laughs> run away with it. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think in the beginning I was like, yeah, this is kind of over, but there's a uh, Safety cars were interesting and really those last what fifteen laps were really fun to watch. Yeah, I genuinely thought that Carlos Sainz was going to get him, um, just because he had way fresher tires. Yeah. But man, Max is just—he's so—he's just got like ice in his veins now. The between last season and this season, yeah, it's crazy. Ah. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, and it was it was fun to watch like uh, Leclerc charge through the field. He had some really good overtakes. Yeah, um, you kind of wonder what what could have been if he didn't have to take all those uh, power unit penalties. I mean, I just built a more reliable car, honestly. If it were me. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, it God. seems like that's all they 
kind of need in a way. Yeah. Because <laughs> I have a very competitive car, but it's Ferrari. Yeah. I, I saw an article of like the headline was just, you know, is Max running away with this championship? And it's like, well, there's still a lot of races to go. It we we've seen how easily with reliability things can swing. You never know. But uh it was some uh, the greatest comment I saw was not only is Ferrari competing against Red Bull, and Red Bull's pretty good, but they're also Ferrari has to like compete with themselves because it's fucking Ferrari and they seem to always fuck something up. Yeah. Uh so <laughs> shall see i'm looking forward to silverstone though i think that's always a fun race and a number of teams that i think are bringing some upgrade packages yeah again we'll, we'll so. see where it shakes up yeah only four more races between before the break already it's crazy yeah yeah, yeah. i mean there, there's been a lot of races <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> there has. It's, it's a long calendar yeah yeah keep an eye on that uh we'll be back probably record later this week um for the next episode so uh yeah we're gonna you know take a break go go do all that do all the stuff we need to you know maybe come back with something to talk about (laughs) hopefully the news will help us out um but yeah we're going to leave this show where it is right now. Um, if, you, uh, if you'd if you like to, give us ratings and reviews and share us with your friends. You know where to, you know how to contact us. All that information. I get tired of saying it every single time. So I, it's, it's in the episode description. Just scroll down in your podcast app. Just look at it. If you need that stuff, just go look for it there. I'm, I'm sick and tired of talking about the same shit over and over. <laughs> I don't know about you, man, but ah, there's one thing to have a whole rigmarole at the end of the show. It's another thing to, you know, just kind of go through the motions. So just just go, just scroll. It's not that hard. Use your thumbs. We have thumbs. Well, most of us. If you don't have thumbs, my condolences. (laughs) Um, Yes. But yeah, we'll be back next week. And until then, be good to each other, play your video games, and... Grrr.